Hey y'all, it's Unique. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here with y'all this week. Again, y'all need to get y'all journals because I'm going to be hitting y'all with scripture and word and you need to go back and read this for yourself. Um, As y'all can see from the title, we are talking about representation and how the representation of Christ matters. So of course, before we get into it, I want to pray real quick. Lord, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Lord, open our hearts and our minds to hear from you. Lord, let it be your words and not my words. Lord, use me. Holy Spirit, guide me to say the things that the Father wants me to say to his children. Lord, speak to our situations directly. You know what we need to hear. You know what we need. I pray over the equipment. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're talking about representation because I feel like oftentimes it gets skipped over and we don't talk about it enough you know so many people claim scripture and you know claim that they are christians and they know christ but they don't live in accordance to what god expect from us they don't live in accordance to the word and to truly follow christ you have to live according to the word you can't just claim it you can't just say it post it on your instagram post it on your story get a tattoo and think okay that's enough no because according to first john 2 6 it says whoever claims to live in him must live as jesus did so we have to live our lives as close to how Jesus did. Because I know a lot of people are gonna say, you know, well, we can't be Jesus and, you know, God knew and knows that we're sinners and it's in our nature. Yes, that's true. But honestly, people have made that an excuse and it's become an excuse to live however we want and not have to be accountable and have any expectations for how we live. Truthfully, people only apply scripture that's cute. I'm stepping on some toes. I'm coming for next with this one because so many people, we post scripture that's encouraging. We post the scriptures that's asking for stuff and, you know, pray without ceasing. And if you pray, you shall receive. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and scripture about grace and forgiveness. We post all of that, but we put that all over our Instagram and in our bios and on your tattoo sleeve and all of that. But we skip over how we live. In the same Bible that you get the encouraging stuff comes the truth, the real stuff, the hard stuff, the stuff that we don't want to hear, the stuff that we don't want to listen to. Because we skip over what the Bible says about cussing and drinking and sex and gossip and what we listen to and what we watch. Because James 3.10, and bear with me, y'all, because my Bible is marked up today and I'm going to be flipping back and forth to get these scriptures for y'all because we need the word. We need the word, not just what y'all think I'm saying. But James 3.10 says, Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be for drinking. And you can apply it to smoking. I know it doesn't say it like plainly. It doesn't say smoking. The Bible doesn't talk about smoking. But we can apply this to that. Because 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. When you're smoking, you're not sober. When you're drunk, you're not sober with sex we know that all up and through the bible it talks about not having sex before marriage but the scripture that i have is first thessalonians 4 3 it is god's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality gossip proverbs twenty nineteen says 
A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much when it comes to what we listen to. Mark 4.24 says, consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. What you watch, Matthew 6.22 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. I ain't never seen nobody post that on Instagram. Don't nobody be putting that in a bio. Don't nobody wear that on the back of a t-shirt. Don't nobody get that tatted on their chest. You know, we gotta be for real, y'all. Especially when it comes to being in leadership. And don't get confused when I say leadership because some people would think, well, I'm not an influencer. I'm not a pastor. I'm not the leader of a youth ministry. If you're a Christian, if you've given your life to Christ, baby, you are now a leader in Christ. You are now the face here on earth for Christ. We are the faces of Christ here on earth because there is no longer a Christ that lives here. Jesus no longer lives here. God doesn't dwell here on earth anymore. So now we are the faces of Christ. And so you are a leader at your job, school, wherever it is, places that you go. Somebody's looking at you. And so how you live matters. John 15, 8 says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So that's pretty much saying that we're all leaders in Christ. When you give your life to Christ, you are now a disciple. It's God's will for our lives. Ultimately, no matter what you do, no matter where you work, it is God's will that we be disciples and we share the word of God with people and we bring people to Christ. That's our job, especially if you are a follower of Christ, you are a disciple. So how you live your life matters because people are looking up to you. And you know, I didn't realize it for a long time that it mattered either. So don't think I'm talking from a place of high up or thinking that I'm better than or thinking that I'm self-righteous because for a long time, I was open with my faith and with my Christianity and I was still doing stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing. But it took for me to learn because when you know better, you do better. It took for me to get in my word. It took for me to be in closer relationship with God to realize that's not okay. I can't be doing that. I have to turn my life around. See, now that I am in a place where I am striving to live in the will of God and live the way that God expects me to, I be looking at other people like, what you doing? Because you're not living what you're rapping. You got this scripture in your bio but you're not really living it especially at men y'all y'all know i'm single if you didn't know now you know but i really be looking at dudes they be posting scripture they be sharing little scripture posts from wherever they be getting it from or sometimes they have it in their bio and all of that oh you look at their posts and you holding up the middle finger of your posts you're cussing all over your story you don't treat people with respect you don't treat women with respect men of god don't do that men of god lead First of all, so, uh, let me get on my ladies, you know, scripture in the bio, you sharing scripture, but you got pictures of you bent over. You got clothes on. They got it all showing, got it all hanging out. No, ma'am. That is not of God. That is not how we supposed to do things. And, you know, I know we say don't get caught up in what other people think about you, what people say about you. But to an extent, what people think and what people say does matter. Because, you know, when you are not living in accordance to the word, your credibility falters, especially if you're in leadership. So take somebody like me, for example. I do this podcast where I talk a lot about faith, the word, following Christ. I'm open with it. I'm also a youth leader. So if I'm 
on my Instagram or living my life any kind of way and not in accordance to the word, how am I going to go and tell the students that are in my ministry what they are and are not supposed to be doing? How are y'all going to believe what I'm saying? How are y'all going to take me serious? Because truthfully, yeah, we say what people say about us don't matter. And I know, I know the importance of going and reading the word myself and going and figuring out what God says myself. But for people that are younger in me in faith, not just numerically, but they are not as far as I am in my faith, they're going to take my word for it before they go and look for themselves. It takes for you to grow in your faith, for you to get to a point where you go and read for yourself, you understand for yourself. I don't know how many people listen to my podcast for the first time, and this is their first time hearing the word of God. And so, you know, they're expecting me. I have to lead by example, both on the platforms that I'm on and in the places that I am a leader. And then moreover, it causes confusion to other people when you live in pretty much a double life and you're doing two different things. It, I mean, that's so obvious that it would cause people to be confused. Again, especially people who are not as mature in their faith. They're new for our baby Christians out there. It's confusing. It's already hard enough to be in faith and to follow Christ with temptation and all that. It's already hard enough. And so people most of us do. We look to other people, other leaders, people ahead of us, people older than us in their faith to have an example to look up to so we know what to do and we know what not to do. So if you live in any kind of way, it's going to cause me to be like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? And how can I trust your judgment? You know, when I come to you as my leader and I ask you, well, I'm struggling with this, this, this and that. If you struggling too, what you going to tell me? So that's important. You don't want to cause confusion. You don't want people to be like, well, what really is the truth? Because we already know there are so many people out there that look up to leaders and influencers or just other Christians and they see, okay, you saying one thing, but you're doing another thing. And that's why Christianity is a flop. That's why it's fake. That's why I don't follow it. And even though that's not a good thing and that's not really a good enough reason, that's how people think. And I can't even say that it's not a good enough reason not to follow Christianity because if I was on the outside and I was not where I am, I would think the same thing. And so, like I said, when you know better, you do better. Because I was in that place at one point. And so I want y'all to know that I'm in no way coming from a place of judgment or thinking that I know it all or that I'm being self-righteous because it took me time to understand as well. But I want to make sure that I'm leading by example. I want to make sure that I'm leading people in the way that they should go and not leading people astray, especially being on this platform. I want all of us to make it to heaven if possible. I want to save as many lives with my testimony as possible. And I won't do that if I'm living this double life and just doing whatever I want. And I'm confusing people and I am leading people astray. And what you have to know is when you accept Christ, you are made new. And so you are expected to turn away from old behavior. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. So when you give your life to Christ, when you say that salvation prayer, you are new. So what you used to do, it no longer matters. It is washed away. God has washed it away from you. He does not hold it against you. And you're, it's a new life now. 
you're basically starting over, even though it's not literally starting over in the human eye. In God's eye, it is. And so take a new car, for example. When you get a new car, you expect it to act new. When you get a new car, you expect it to have new features and do new things. Same way with us. When you are made new in Christ, you're expected to act new. You're expected to act different. You're supposed to do new things, not the same stuff that you used to do. You know, a lot of people say, come as you are. God accepts you. And that's true. But the overall goal is for God to deliver you from who you were before him and who you are without him and to make you more like him. So it's God's will that we turn away from our old behavior when we come to him, not just keep on doing the same thing. So yes, God does accept you for where you are right now. But once you say, I surrender my life to Christ, I believe in you. I believe that the son died on the cross for my sins. God's expectation is that you truly surrender your life to him so that he can change the desires of your heart. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And most people take that out of context and think, okay, well, if I read my Bible, I pray, I go to church, I get close with God, that means he gonna give me everything that I want. Because I used to think the same thing. That's what I, I used to think very immaturely about scripture. But when you really look at that scripture, when you take delight in the Lord truly, when you truly get into the word, you truly get into relationship with him, he starts to change your desires and they no longer are things that you want. They are no longer desires of the flesh and of the human mind. They are desires of Christ. They are, de they are desires of God. They're more in alignment with what he wants for your life. And I spoke a little bit about perfection earlier, because again, people may say, well, we can't be perfect. God knows that we're not perfect and we're sinners. So, you know, what are you talking about? But it's not about perfection. Yes, God knows that we're not perfect. We never will. We'll never be able to just not sin. It's, it's literally not possible for us to not sin at all. But it's about self-control and it is about discipline. And when you follow Christ, those are two things that you have to have. We do have self-control. We may not have perfection, but we got self-control. We may not have perfection, but we know how to be disciplined or you have to learn to be disciplined because you cannot just do whatever you want. When it comes to sex, gossiping, getting drunk, getting high, whatever it may be that you indulge in, you have to say, I'm not going to give in to this. I'm not going to put myself in positions to do these things. I'm going to make sure I stay in my word. I'm going to make sure that I get around community, like-minded community that are also trying to get closer to God and live how he wants me to live. It's not possible for you to turn your life around if you keep doing the same things. You can't hang out with the same people no more, baby. You got to get around a new crowd. You're not going to be able to do the same things on Saturday nights that you used to do. You ain't going to be able to stay out late like you used to. You ain't going to be able to go and talk to these type of guys and talk to those types of girls as your love interest. You got to start setting some boundaries. You got to start setting some, some standards and already have in mind what's an automatic no. You can't leave no leeway, no open door, no gray area for things to get confused and misconstrued. That's discipline. And so the bottom line is God has expectations for how we live. We cannot live however we want. And I was talking to my mama a little bit about this episode and she said, we have to put it into perspective. In the world that we live in here on earth, 
We have rules and laws that we have to abide by. Why? To keep order and to keep safety. If we didn't have laws, the world would literally be crazy. And I mean, it already is with laws. So imagine if we didn't have any. There would be a lot of dead people. We would all probably be dead. People would just be stealing stuff. People be, I mean, there would be car accidents because there's no lights. I mean, speed limits wouldn't exist. Y'all, it would be complete chaos. The world would literally be on fire all the time if we didn't have laws and if we didn't have expectations for how we are to live as citizens. So it's the same way with God. He has laws, quote, 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 unquote. He has expectations and guidelines that he wants us to live by for his kingdom. And so that we can have a way there. Romans 8, 12 says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. So that's God's way of saying we have a job. As Christians, we do have a job and it is not to live according to our flesh. It is to have self-control. It is to not give into the desires of our flesh and what we want as humans because he has a bigger plan. His will is different. Like they say, you know, we are not of the world. We're just with the world. And as Christians, we have to understand that we we don't belong to this world, baby. We do not belong here. This is not our home. This is not truly where we belong. And I always say, you know, people think that following Christ is a way of control and he wants to withhold stuff from us. But when you really sit back and think about the things that God doesn't want us to do, it actually is protecting us. God telling us not to gossip. What's good about gossip? Having sex before marriage. Most times, don't nothing good come come out of that besides soul ties, possibly a kid in an unhealthy environment and family, drinking and smoking, getting high, being drunk, being out of your mind, not in your right mind. What good comes out of that? And it's not healthy. But God is not withholding anything from us. But He knows the effects of these things and the long the long term effects. So He tries to save us. Is what He's doing not withhold anything. And I hate to say it, but I don't hate to say it because God needs people that's going to be bold. He needs people that's going to tell the truth. As Christians, we have to tell people the truth. We can't be out here lying to people by basically telling them half the truth and only telling them the stuff that sounds good. We have to tell people the truth. And that's what I'm here and I'm always here to do. If it's one thing, if you know me or you knew me at any time in my life, you know that I'm blunt. You know that I'm forward. I'm not playing. I don't play games. And this is one thing that I don't play about. Let me say this. We don't. Let me make this inclusive. We don't get an automatic ticket to heaven, y'all. We do not just go to heaven just because we say the salvation prayer, just because you go to church every weekend, just because you read your Bible, just because you pray. We don't automatically get into heaven. That does not mean anything. That is surface level, y'all. To go to church frequently, to pray, to read your Bible, that's surface level. That's only the beginning. But what do you do with all that? Okay, you read your Bible. Okay, you pray and talk to God. Okay, you go to church. What do you do with it? Do you apply it to your life? Because if you did, you would be living like Christ. So we have to ask ourselves that. You know, what am I doing with what I'm doing? Because it's not enough just to do. You got to do something with it. And I know it can be confusing because the Bible says that you can't earn your way to heaven and good deeds don't 
lead you to heaven but that's not synonymous with okay well then I can live however I want as long as I claim that I'm a Christian read my bible a lot and pray when I need something or you know just frequently that that don't mean that honey I hate to break it to you and sometimes I even have to remind myself that, that don't mean nothing, baby. That's not enough. You have to do more. There's levels to it. And reading your Bible and going to church every week is literally like the first level. Actually, no, the first level is the salvation prayer. That's the very first level. That's the very bottom layer. And then from there, yeah, reading your Bible, going to church every week, praying often, that's like the second layer. But it's levels to this. It ain't just one and done. And Psalms 37, 26 says, the righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. What do you think righteous mean? Righteous means to live right, to live in accordance to what God wants. God is righteous. Christ is righteous. We ain't. We trying to get there and we try our best to fulfill that, to be righteous. But you got to do the right thing in order to go to heaven and inherit the land and then matthew 7 21 says not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who has done the will of my father who is in heaven so just because you call yourself a christian just because you said the the salvation prayer just because you pray and say thank you lord for waking me up thank you lord for giving me rest and all that you you don't get no automatic ticket we don't get no automatic tickets because of that it says who does the will of my father and what is the will of the father to live righteous to spread the gospel that's that's the will of God so I encourage you to take a step back and look at the way that you live and truthfully you have to truthfully ask yourself am I living according to the will of God am I living in a way that is giving glory to God that is pleasing to God and you have to be honest because, I mean, God already knows, but he wants you to be honest. And I hope that this has given you some personal conviction. And conviction is just the Holy Spirit, you know, speaking to you and letting you know what you're doing wrong. The conviction is what checks us in our sin. It keeps us from indulging in sin. It's a sensitivity to sin because the Holy Spirit, conviction is literally the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And the Holy Spirit and what the flesh wants are two different things. The Holy Spirit will not sin. It cannot sin, but our flesh will. So when you find yourself conflicted in a situation where you want to sin, but something, I'm doing air quotes, is holding you back. Something is telling you not to go there, to do this, to answer that phone call, whatever it may be. It's the Holy Spirit warning you, letting you know, this is not of me. This is not of Christ. This is not of the Holy Spirit. This is not holy. This is not righteous. And I want to make that clear because condemnation can feel similar it can but it's not the same thing condemnation comes from the enemy and condemnation makes you feel guilty it makes you feel shameful it makes you feel dirty it makes you feel unworthy and it makes you not want to come to christ with your sin and come to christ with your struggles but conviction encourages you to do the opposite it encourages you to bring your sin and your struggles to christ and to remind you to repent daily and ask God for help. I do want to say 
that I'm not saying this from a place of perfection. I think I said that already, but I just really want to make that clear because I was in a situation a couple months ago where I called out something that somebody was doing and it was not right. It was not of God and they did not like it. They got offended. And like I said earlier, we are called to be bold. As Christians, we have to be bold with the word. We cannot be ashamed of the word. And we have to tell people it is our responsibility to be honest with people, especially other people of Christ, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to be honest. We cannot sit by and turn a deaf ear to what's wrong and what is not right. And so I told this person that what they were doing, it wasn't of God and they did not like it. And I struggled with wondering if what I had done was wrong because they got offended and they didn't see what I was saying. But two things that I got from that. One, I was not wrong for telling them the truth. That's what I'm called to do. Not only because I am on a platform and I am in a leadership position, position, but simply because that's what God calls us to do as disciples. Two, I also was struggling with, well, now what if this person turns away from God? What if they don't want to be close to God because they think that I'm judgmental or self-righteous? That's out of my control. That has nothing to do with me. If that person chooses to not go and read the word for themselves, not to talk to God, not to deal with their conviction, that's on them. Y'all, we don't have any control over how people feel. Now, the one thing I can say I could have corrected in that situation was my tone and my delivery with how I told the person. But my mama also told me sometimes they don't even have nothing to do with it. You can be compassionate. You can be gentle with people and they still going to get offended because it's and it's really their flesh that you're fighting with and the spirit of the enemy that you're fighting with. Let me say that because we fight not against flesh and blood, but of the spirit. So it's really it was really that person's spirit that I was fighting with. It wasn't that person, but the spirit of the enemy was being called out by the spirit of God and it didn't like it. They're opposing forces. They will never agree. Sometimes it's not even about delivery. Sometimes it's not about your tone. Sometimes it is. I could be honest and say I could have come to that person differently. I could have been more gentle. I could have shown more compassion. And that's one thing that I'm having to pray and ask God to help me with that being on this platform, being in a leadership position that I learned to show compassion to people, that I shared the truth and I shared the word with people the way Jesus did because he was not harsh. Yes, he was direct. Yes, he told the truth, but he was not harsh. He was gentle and he showed compassion. And I also still struggle with listening to secular music what I listen to and what I watch. I still struggle with that, but I'm getting better and I'm learning discipline with secular music. I don't listen to it a whole lot. I'm going to be honest. My spirit really doesn't like to listen to it that much. So I've been getting into listening to more podcasts. Um, I'm not always super enthused on listening to worship music. Not all the time. Like sometimes I get in moods where I want to. Sometimes I do have to force myself to do it, but I don't listen to it all the time. I'm not one of those types of people, but I do have to limit the secular music that I listen to because it does have an effect on us. We can play games and make it seem like 
music doesn't have an effect on us. What we see doesn't have an effect on us. That's false. If you say that, you are lying. We know when you listen to Nick, when you listen to Young Boy or whatever it is that you're listening to, it's because it makes you feel some type of way and feelings turn into actions. When you listen to music that's about sex, you start to feel sexy and now you want to call your ex. It's late. You're lonely. It happens to us. It happens to the best of us. It happens to me. When I listen to Meg, it makes me feel like that girl. And we know the stuff that Meg says. Honey, it's not great. It's not of God. Same thing with young boy. We know this, y'all. And so we do have to be careful what we listen to. I try to listen to clean versions of music, but sometimes even that's not enough because you still know what they're saying. And just the song in itself it's just we know that it's not good. It is not promoting Christ. The things that you see on your timeline, I've had to stop following certain pages. I've had to actually delete apps like Twitter. I do not have Twitter anymore because it was just too much stuff about sex and like porn coming up. I, I can't. My spirit cannot tolerate it and trying to filter it out. It's hard, especially with like Twitter. Twitter is kind of hard to filter because the people that you do follow, you see the stuff that they retweet. And you just, it's just really hard to filter out Twitter. So I just had to delete it because I tried my best to just filter it out, but it was not working. So you have to find some discipline. I didn't want to delete Twitter, but that's what helped me. When it comes to gossip, I have the tendency to listen to gossip. Even gossip on the internet, you know, what people share and what people post. You may be wanting to share it and giving your two cents on it but you have to check yourself with the things that you post honey I cannot tell you how often the spirit convicts me and tells me take that down I know y'all seen that TikTok with that voiceover that says take that down take it down right now that doesn't represent me or whatever it says something like that but I feel that all the time and I struggle with it because sometimes I'll be like I don't want to delete it it's not that bad if they get offended, then they get offended. I don't care, you know, because we don't want to, even though I said we have to tell the truth um, about Christ and tell the truth of the word and all that kind of stuff. We don't want to intentionally offend people. We don't want to purposely offend people. And let's be for real. Sometimes when you go to share or post something on Instagram, you do it with the intention to shade somebody else you have a specific person in mind while you're typing what you're typing and you want them to see it and you hope that they know that it's for them we can't do stuff like that we have to check ourselves you just have to be mindful you know when you do share stuff on your story being careful and being mindful if it has cuss words in it even if you block the cuss words out sometimes that's not good enough and you know right now I'm feeling some conviction as I say this stuff some of what I'm saying y'all is not me it's really the Holy Spirit talking to you and me and you know, we have to just make sure that we are praying and just asking the Spirit to help us be alert and be sensitive to him so I didn't got off on a whole tangent I'm done with all my notes and everything that I wanted to say, but I hope that this encourages you. I hope that this touched you and it helped you to understand. And I hope that you go out and make the decision this week to live a life that is in accordance to Christ. I pray that you pray and ask God to help you to do so because that's where it's going to come from. Your flesh is never 
ever going to want to be in alignment with what God says. There is all they are always going to be contending, y'all. Always. So understand the strength, the discipline, and self-control that I talked about is going to come from Christ and Christ alone. So I want to pray to close us out real quick. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us in this place. Thank you for allowing us to meet you in this place. We love you. I pray that every person under the sound of my voice, including myself, that we are sensitive to this message, that we apply this to our lives, that we continue to strive to live in accordance to your word and your will. Lord, thank you. Thank you for using me as a vessel. Thank you, Lord, for just blessing me with the opportunity to share your word with your people and bring us all closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that y'all have a good rest of your day, a good rest of your week, and I will talk to y'all in the next episode of The Safe Space.